So David goes to the tabernacle. David's looking for a brother, basically. He's looking for a fellow Christian. And so he's looking for someone who has a fresh word for him, some prophecy. And so when you're face-to-face in a trial, when you think about this, and you can relate to David maybe, when you're face-to-face in a trial, it's nice to have someone to turn to, someone you can kind of go to and say, hey, man, I need some advice. And so when that person says, all right, cool, well, here's some advice, hopefully they open up God's Word or they give you godly counsel, or better yet, biblical counsel. We've all been faced with trials and hardships. What separates the Christian from the unbeliever is that we have the body of Christ to lean on. More importantly, we have the God of the universe to confide in and to draw strength from when we are experiencing difficulties in life. David knew that he would get a word from the Lord when he found a fellow brother to talk to. When you come face to face with tribulation, where do you turn? Do you look towards the world for advice and comfort? Or do you seek the Lord and get wise counsel from the church? Always remember that bad company corrupts good character. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21 with today's edition of Come Alive. David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone, and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you, and I have directed my young men and such to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. And then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is, in effect, common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. And now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. And then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul had slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And so he changed his behavior before them, 
pretended madness in their hands, scratched at the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down his beard. And then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see, this man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And that's where we'll stop. So, verse 1 again. Now David came to Nob. If you remember, um, Saul, being envious and threatened by David, has been trying to kill David. In the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at that. And so David's running for his life. He comes to a place called Nob. And it's a city of priests in the southern part of Israel. So in verse 1, it says he goes to, uh, to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? Two words I want you to notice. Two words. If you take notes, the word Nob translates prophecy. In the Hebrew, it translates and it means prophecy. Prophecy, obviously, teaching. And the word or name Ahimelech translates or means is brother. So brother. So David goes to the tabernacle. David's looking for a brother, basically. He's looking for a fellow Christian. And so he's looking for someone who has a fresh word for him, some prophecy. And so when you're face-to-face in a trial, when you think about this, and you can relate to David maybe, when you're face-to-face in a trial, it's nice to have someone to turn to, someone you can kind of go to and say, hey, man, I need some advice. And so when that person says, all right, cool, well, here's some advice, hopefully they open up God's word or they give you godly counsel or better yet, biblical counsel. And so it's nice to have someone to turn to, to go to that will give you God's word. And if you're face-to-face with difficulty, this is a great place to go. You know, people always say, you know, well, I don't know if I want to go to church, but, you know, life's tough. And so if we go to church when we're having those difficult times, sometimes we can we can go there, we can hang out with a brother or a sister in the Lord, and maybe they can offer some wisdom from God's Word. And so when you're face-to-face in a trial, it's nice to have someone to turn to and go to, and maybe you're on the run. You know, you're on the run and you're turning to someone, but maybe what, what are you on the run from? A lot of times Christians do that. We tend to run from a bad business relationship, maybe. Maybe a bad relationship, a bad marriage, maybe emotions, Whatever the case may be, maybe you found yourself running to the house of God. And that's an awesome place if, and I put if there, if you're willing to be honest, you're willing to be transparent and vulnerable. It's not a good place to go if you're just looking for a place to hide out, to be soothed. If not, you know, the first, it's going to be the first stop of many. It's going to be the first stop of many if you seek refuge and sanctuary apart from God. And that's what we see David doing. We see David, he's running from Saul, and we read here in verse 2, a bold-faced lie. A bold-faced lie. And lots of people go to church seeking something that satisfies. You know, I remember prior to I was a Christian, I would go to a church, and I would look for something. And sometimes I would come in there, and I would sit there, and I'd be like, okay, cool, man, I'm looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was looking for something. And then all of a sudden, it just wasn't good enough. Something, I would be distracted. The screens were too big, or there were too many lights, or, you know, the guy spoke too loud, or his Bible was black, or he spit, or whatever it was, I would find something wrong. And a lot of people go to church seeking something that satisfies. They don't want God. 
They just want what God offers. They don't want God to tell them what to do. They just want God to bless them. And that is the problem that a lot of churches have and a lot of Christians, that mindset that we have, it's wrong. If you're just looking to be blessed and you just want the handout, that's like a neighbor's kid that knows that you have popsicles on a hot summer day and they're not really friendly to your kids and they're not really friendly to you, but they just knock on the door and like, hey, can we get a popsicle? And you give them a popsicle and they return every day. It's like feeding a cat. I mean, the animal's useless. You know, I mean, it doesn't hunt except for itself. It doesn't hunt for you. It really doesn't do a whole lot. It's on its own. And and not that I'm an anti-cat guy, but a dog at least will lick you and worship you a little bit by licking your feet. You know, I told you guys that story. I let my dogs lick my feet. I'm like amazed at why that happens. You know, I was... I was, I was reading the other day how, like, a dog will eat, like, cat poo sometimes and then go out and find, like, maybe a dead animal somewhere and eat that. And then they clean themselves in the very strangest of places, yet it eats a half a chocolate bar and it can die, but it survives all that other stuff. It's just a weird thing. And so a lot of times, you know, like a dog, we tend to seek to satisfy ourselves in the weird stuff. We really don't want to be told no, that's bad. That's a rotting bird out in the backyard. Don't eat that. That could possibly make you sick. Or it could kill you if it's a candy bar, if you're a dog, a chocolate bar. And a lot of people do go to church seeking something, but they're not looking for God. They're looking for what God can offer. Look at verse 2. So David said to Ahimelech, the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. So he lies here. He lies and none of it's true. And you might think, well, that happens all the time. But it doesn't make it right. It does not make it right when you tell a lie because you're afraid or you're afraid of the consequences or the outcome. The Bible's not recommending David's conduct. It's just reporting it. And so let's say today you're on the run from something. And as you start running, you begin to think, well, I know what I can do. I can listen to a teaching on the radio, or I can go to church. I can get something. And and the word is given to you, yet you don't want to deal with it because there's this practical application that's given. And yet a lot of times we're like, ah, no, 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 no. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just looking for something to soothe me. I'm wanting some soothing to take place here. I want to feel good about myself. I want somebody to say, we understand. It's okay that you've lied. It's all right that you're on the run. And yeah, life happens. But it's not okay if you're just wanting soothing. Ahimelech knew as a member of the court of Saul that he would normally travel with a guard, that David would normally be traveling with a lot of people or a guard, some men of war. And so why does David lie? Why is he lying? Well, he thinks Ahimelech can't relate or understand. That's why a lot of people tell a lie. They think either they're trying to impress you or you can't relate or understand their situation. So he's going to judge me is what David's thinking. He's going to judge me. He's going to be critical. And, and people will tend to do that because, you know what? They'll lie because they're afraid. They're afraid of the outcome. They're afraid they're going to be judged, afraid of the criticisms. And fear is the driving factor here, not faith. Some will lie because they don't want to hear. They just don't want to hear, well, I think you ought to do this. Those who come for counsel every week or every other week, well, there's noticeable growth in them. 
Sometimes there's a few step forwards and one step back, and then a couple of steps forward and another step back. But you always see the few steps forward and one step back, and there's a little progress being made. So there's a noticeable growth, not by me sometimes, but by the church. I've heard others say, and even this morning to some of the counselors, that, man, it's really cool to see you growing. It's really to see where you've come from in the last whatever. It's really cool to see how you're really stepping up to the plate and turning into a man or a woman of God. And I've heard, the, I've heard that said in the last couple of weeks. I've noticed some real growth in you today is what they've said. And so, hey, your spiritual, spiritual maturity is making me a little jealous. I've even heard somebody say that. And that's all God. It's not the counselor or anything. It's just God and his word. And it's that person that sits there and receives that and saying, yes, I want to change. Just listen and he will whisper in that still small voice. Ecclesiastes 5.1 tells us, Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or in impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. For the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. Basically, there's a time to pour it out. There's a time to close it out. There's a time to pour it out and there's a time to close it out. There's a time to get on your face before the Lord and say, Hey, here it is. And then get up and do something about it. Close it out. Stop running. Instead of just hearing what's being said, you say you're going to do it. A lot of people just hear all the time. They, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. But yet nothing happens. There's a difference. When you really listen and you apply it, then you'll see something happening in your lives. In my life personally, I found that this thing that makes the difference can be a stopping place if you allow it. It can be a stopping place. You can just stop running. And you can find rest and you can find comfort. Allow God's spirit to work. But if you do as David did, well, look at verse 3. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. And if the young men have at least kept themselves from women... And then David answered the priest and he said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I've come out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. So if you're taking note, here's what he does. He first turns to the tabernacle. Number one, he turned to the tabernacle. We read that. In verses 1 through 3, he turns to the tabernacle. The second place is he turns to the table for food. And you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, it's a physical satisfaction. So sometimes we run to a place looking for soothing words, soothing friendships. And then if that really doesn't meet the needs, and it won't because we're just looking for soothing. We're not looking for satisfaction in the right place. We're looking for it in the wrong place. And so all of a sudden, that doesn't work. Where do we go? Well, we go to a restaurant. That's what David does. He goes and eats. So you come to church and you don't, eh, it's not really what I was looking for. I mean, yeah, it made sense, but I'm not doing that because whatever. You're not turning it over to God wholeheartedly. So we go and we run and we eat or we find something that satisfies us. Maybe it could be shopping. It doesn't have to be food. But for David, it's food. It's bread. The show bread. And so 
We turn and we look for different things to try to satisfy us. Oh, you know, the, that was okay. You know, I went to those people and they, they told me I really needed to have quiet time and that I needed to really dig into the Lord more. And, and that's not really what I wanted to hear. I was wanting somebody to kind of give me just some advice or maybe a, a CD of 10 steps how to beat this thing. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible tells us, you know, it's his word, not plus 10 step CDs or a self-help book that some self-help guru wrote. And so we turn other places. It might be shopping. It might be some kind of physical outdoor activity. It might be alcohol. It might be food, whatever it is. And we see his spirit's hungry. David's spirit is very hungry here. And it needs to be satisfied. But because his spirit couldn't be satisfied, he he goes to his stomach. He goes to something physical. So David is fearful. He's shaken on the run, nervous. And just to let you know what the showbread is, it's 12 loaves that would sit and represent the 12 tribes of Israel. It would sit on a table and it would represent those 12 tribes. It was to show that God is their nourishment. And I find it amazing that David asks for this bread because what it represents in the tabernacle is what it should represent in his life, that God is my nourishment. I only need God because doesn't Jesus say man cannot live by bread alone, but by what? Every word, the word of God. And so here he is, as he's sitting there, and he grabs this bread, this nourishment. Well, it's to be spiritually nourishing as it is physically nourishing, and it showed God's caring for us and meeting our needs out in the wilderness. So the bread eventually would be removed later on. The priests would be able to have it. It would become theirs. They'd be able to eat it. It would then become common bread. So David's like, bro, me and my boys, we're out here, we're hungry, and we could use some food, and I was wondering if we could eat that bread. And the priest says, sure, go ahead. So he says, all right, Dave, go ahead. And so David thinks his needs are satisfied once again. He goes to the table. He went to the tabernacle thinking he was going to find satisfaction. Now he goes to something physical. He's going to eat. And sometimes when I get bummed out, sometimes nothing works better than a hot meal. But it's only momentary. It's only momentary. It's only a little while. Once you digest, well, guess what? You're hungry again. So Ahimelech allows him to do it. Romans fourteen seventeen says... For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. And so basically your spirit is hungry. You have a need, and we all know that. There's always, that's why, you know, you find people and they abuse drugs or they abuse food or they abuse sex or they abuse something because there's this hole in their heart. And then they think they got it all figured out. And they go and do it in the name of God because they read somewhere and they took something out of context and they read it in the Bible. Like, oh, yeah, that's it right there. It says, go and do likewise. And all my friends are doing likewise. And so they get this weird thing. They take it out of context. They have a need, but they don't realize it's a spiritual need. And so they fill it and they, they fill it with something physical sometimes. And so, again, we feed our flesh. Three to six times a day, we will feed our flesh. But sadly enough, many of us will not feed our spirit one time in the course of a day. We won't even go to the Bible, but yet we will eat. And we won't miss a meal, but we'll miss spiritual meals for sometimes a week. And then we wonder, oh man, why am I just feeling so down? It, just, it doesn't feel like God's here. It doesn't feel like God is with me. It feels like he's ignoring me. I bet I made him mad. I wonder what I could do to make him happy. I know there's a homeless guy on the corner, and I'll give him money. 
You give them money and you feel good about yourself for a little while. And all of a sudden you're just like, oh man, I'm still not satisfied. See, if you don't feed your flesh, you can become malnourished and die. Same thing happens spiritually. And so when our spirit dies on the inside, well, that's a problem. But you start to feel it. So if you're not studying it, not eating from it, it's like having a plate of food in front of you and you're starving, but yet you're just all like, well, I don't know how that food's going to get to my mouth. And you just sit there and you stare at it. And you don't eat it. You've got to study it. You know, a lot of us have the spiritual food in front of us, yet this book might get opened once a week when you come in here. Or maybe twice a week or whenever you've got time. But guaranteed, none of us have missed a meal this week. Maybe one. But we don't miss many. And so again, by studying God's word, we obey God's word, and then we should go out and teach God's word. That doesn't mean you start a Bible study. That might mean you just call a friend and say, hey, man, this is what I learned. And they may need that. They may need that word. Real growth comes from those three things. Your spirit will be satisfied, but only if we feed the flesh Again, you will continually be saying to yourself, man, I need something. If we constantly just feed our flesh, you're always going to be saying, I, I mean, there's something else. There's something I need. I really haven't found whatever it is. And I'm going to have to say, of course you haven't, because you haven't gone here first. Oh, when people come for counsel here, the first thing I usually ask them is like, how's your quiet time? Oh, man, I haven't had it in a month. Wow. I can see why you're having problems. You're not hearing from God. You're not reading his word. You're not applying what's supposed to be done in his word to your life. And so I'm amazed how most people know the the menu of their favorite restaurants. You can go up to somebody and say, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? And they'll tell you, well, what do they have? Man, they got this, they got that, they got this, chicken fried steak, fried catfish, mashed potatoes. Anybody hungry yet? Ribs, chopped beef, roast beef, sliced beef. My favorite restaurant is a barbecue restaurant. Mac and cheese for sides. Okra. They serve cobbler. And so we know how to make mac and cheese also, which is another crazy thing, without even reading the directions. Everybody knows that normally it's six cups of water. You boil it for about 10 minutes. You dump the noodles in. After that, you drain it. When you finish draining it, then you add a little bit of butter and some milk, and you mix it all up, and you dump the cheese powder in. Mmm, my favorite, how powder turns into cheese. And you mix it all up, and then you got a meal. Most of us who have children know those without even having to read it. When I was a bachelor, I used to have to glue the boxes to the cabinets because I was afraid I would tear them open and I'd rip the instructions and I would just like have to figure it out. So I would glue the boxes to my cabinets, had them glued up there. The people we meet in the book of 1 Samuel are quite the characters. We meet a woman who gave her only child to God and a boy who heard and answered the call of the Lord. We also find a frightened king and a brave shepherd boy, both of whom would lead the people of Israel. Through each of these people and circumstances, we discover God's hand at work in powerful ways. We are so glad you tuned in today to Come Alive. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play or iTunes to keep up to date with the latest from Come Alive and the church behind it. Calvary Chapel Katy is led by Pastor Mark Martinez and a staff of Jesus-loving, friendly people who do all we can to spread the good news of the gospel to all who walk through our doors. 
you're in the Katy area, Tracy has an invitation for you. We'd absolutely love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Katy for our Sunday morning service. We're now meeting at Wood Creek Elementary School, located at 1155 Wood Creek Bend Lane. It's exciting to be in a new space, and we hope you're able to come worship the Savior and study the Bible with us, filling our new home with praise and prayer. Give us a call for more information and directions, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Our phone number is 281-391-5503. That's 281-391-5503. Thanks for listening today to Come Alive.